Welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you back for another episode of Roach Coach, continuing this journey. And this week, we continue the Bye Babe series. Bye, babe. Bye. And, you know, Jenny... We presented you with a list, the long lists. Pick any albums that you want, and you were picking albums, and you had picked a bunch of albums to take us through the end of the year. That's right. And then we received a DM, and someone said, "Are you guys gonna do hunking on Bobo?" <laughs> and Jenny, you saw, I sent you this screenshot of the DM, and you sent me back. What I'm now realizing is one of the worst texts you've ever sent me, which was just, well, with five L's. <laughs> and I said, fuck, we're doing honking on Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you went through, you, you, you boot scooted one album out. <laughs> I did. I did. And you put in, so indeed this week, um, we take this bit to its natural conclusion. Yes. And we... We listen to, and we are going to talk about Aerosmith's 2004 record, Honkin' on Bobo. That's right. God have mercy. We're going to honk. <laughs> We're going to bob. We're going to honk on that bob. Yeah. We're going to do all that. Now, an interesting twist, Jenny, you... On your way over, I should also mention, we are all together. We had to do this one in person. Yeah. In the or, Indigo Basement. In the Indigo Basement. That's right. And you went to check and grab your copy of Honkin' on Bobo. The limited edition with Keychain Armonica, a.k.a. <laughs> I'm assuming that's Bobo. I assume that's Bobo. And you found it's missing. It's missing. <laughs> I don't know where Bobo went. <laughs> I swear I haven't. I mean, look, I love Honkin' on Bobo, obviously. Um, the idea of Honkin' on Bobo, I love. It's been in the same spot for years. Yeah. It's been, we've got a little bookshelf and it's next to our bed. That's where I put it. That's where it's been, or so I thought. But today I went to grab it. Not there. Do you think Mitch was like, yeah, our daughter cannot see this? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of things could have happened. A lot of things could have happened. Lauren pointed out that we got a baby yep. running around. I think I would have noticed, but maybe not. <laughs> that um, she was ramming a <laughs> CD case into Now, I have been hearing a lot of Tiny Harmonica being played, <laughs> and I just assumed that I was haunted in a very specific way. The other... <laughs> that, my baby keeps sitting up and tapping its foot. <laughs> yeah. He also pointed out that we've got a dog, River. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I also don't think River would take Honkin' and Bobo. It's possible this is sabotage and Sweet Mitchell threw it away. Um, he just took a, a loose opportunity. You know what? Like... Maybe he was like, 
you know, being a parent is hard. Being a new parent is hard. Maybe in one of our fights, he said, how could I hurt her the most? <laughs> <laughs> Destroyed. Oh, Honking yeah. on Bobo. You know what? He was like, like, honk this bitch and threw it away. Very angry, but passive aggressive at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I looked, I really did. I looked so many places. I looked at all of our different bookshelves. We got, we had a lot of physical media in our house, guys. Tell you that right now. Love it. Love it. Looks like, <laughs> looks like a store in some of our rooms and I, I don't know how I feel about that but I looked through all the I looked through the whole store <laughs> Bobo's nowhere to be found now the other thing I could think that may have happened to Bobo have you ever read the children's book The House That Had Enough mm-hmm. okay I'm wondering if Bobo was that uh, one thing yeah okay so for those of you unfamiliar with The House That Had Enough, it's a children's book about how if you don't take care of your things, they'll get up and walk away from you. Oh. And this book is extremely brutal. It's actually one of the first things that Mitch and I deeply connected on because we both had a memory of this book from when we were kids. And he bought me a copy of it when we started dating. And it was very sweet. And we read it together. And we both were like, oh, my God. No wonder we're, like, terrified of things. But I'm wondering if Bobo picked up on how I feel about this record, actually, mm-hmm. and was like, you know what? I don't need this shit. I don't need this. I'm I'm going to take my sealed ass out of here. <laughs> Just, I don't know, man. Bobo might be one of the free little libraries around, around town. Might be. Might be. That's all I can think of. As luck would have it, though. Uh, our old friends at Discogs.com have all the liner notes for us to peruse. And peruse we have. And we will discuss these at length. But, um, <laughs> uh, Jenny, let's just start it off. Honking a Bobo, when this shit come out? This shit came out on March 30th, 2004. Who even knows? <laughs> I know it's the come down, but really, in Aerosmith land... This is a very late Aerosmith release. Jenny, we'll start with you. What's your history with Aerosmith? So, you know, it's tough to say this, but Aerosmith was a, a very popular band, a very popular band in my household growing up. My dad liked Aerosmith. My mom really liked Aerosmith, and my uncle John, who is a person who like got me into things like, I don't know, like Iron Maiden and like Led Zeppelin. He fucking loves Aerosmith. So there was a lot of Aerosmith going on. I think, was it Big Ones? Their their hits record yes. that has like the, the nipples utter. on. The, well, no, the udders on Get a Grip. Oh. Oh, Big Ones, yes. There's a censored copy or yeah something. I, maybe it was get a grip i don't know there was hold on looking up big ones big ones just has the aerosmith logo with some blue and then the words big ones so and maybe i'm thinking of get a grip then that's the cow udder but it's pierced it's got a piercing yeah, yeah I, I, whatever the case is pump is two trucks fucking okay i didn't have that Get a grip is the cow udder that's been the cow's been branded with the Aerosmith logo yes. and it has its udder pierced. And that has like crazy on it or whatever. It has cra- crying, crazy, amazing, living on the edge. Yeah. Yeah, that one. 
that one got a lot of play from me, uh, specifically in like seventh grade. I used to watch the crying video or maybe crazy. I don't know. Oh, uh, you, you probably watched them all. Yeah. 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 Um, I also remember getting really upset and I feel like I've even told the story on this podcast before there was uh, a period of time where like the gap had commercials where it was just like celebrities, like playing music or, or doing whatever. And, uh, I was like a kid when this happened, but there was a Joe Perry Gap commercial where he just like plays a couple licks. Yes. And my mom thought he was like so hot. And I was like pissed because I'm like, you're only allowed to think dad is hot. I hate Aerosmith. <laughs> I hate Joe Whoa. Perry. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. My mom was real into Joe Perry in that commercial. So I was like, you piece of shit, Joe Perry. Don't break up my parents' marriage, which would later dissolve for reasons unrelated to Joe Perry, as far as I know. But. Yeah, my my uncle John actually very recently brought over a box of records. There's some cool stuff in there, and like every fucking Aerosmith record. So <laughs> Aerosmith is very present, and of course, like yeah, yeah, nine lives. You just called nine lives like that was part of my life. This is the most I've ever known about a band that we've talked about. <laughs> Maybe I've been Corn, doing that. I, I know a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Lip Biscuit, vaguely. Like, Aerosmith, well. Yeah. Have I gone on the Aerosmith roller coaster? Yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I oh, have. Oh, I've done the Aerosmith roller coaster. I played the Aerosmith video game. Okay. Oh, I've played the All Aerosmith. Right. I've Lauren beaten the, the uh, Aerosmith video game. With the secret ending where you get all the band members. Now, wow. I never went that hardcore, Matt. Oh, I mean, I, I only had in the paint. I only had a few quarters on I me. I think it's time to, to transition to how you all know Aerosmith. Like, what's your what's your Aerosmith? Because this is... I never played the video game. So, uh, my first experience with Aerosmith was, I'm pretty sure, MTV in 1993. I'm pretty sure the first video I saw was the Crying video with Alicia Silverstone. And, and then I became, like, aware of, like, Aerosmith is, like, they've been around for a while. And then... I started to hear other songs and see other videos. I remember seeing the Genie's Got a Gun video on like mm-hmm. VH1 pop-up video and just becoming more aware of them, but never really thinking they were like they were fine. Aerosmith's fine, but I never really thought of them as a band. Like it was very clear that they were like an older band. And I think, oh yeah, I think I remember seeing like the Walk This Way video. And I think I watched if it wasn't a behind the music, it was some sort of like promo history of the band thing. I think MTV used to do every now and again when bands would put out a new album, they would do like an hour, half hour, like retrospective. I remember they did one for like the Red Hot Chili Peppers that I saw like a million times where they just recounted the history of the Chili Peppers. And I felt like I was like, I will never not know the name Hillel Solback for the rest of my life because they say <laughs> it like a million times in this doc. And so, yeah, I was aware of Aerosmith. They were, they were around, they were popular and I did. I didn't mind them necessarily. I mean, it was noticeable that cra- "Crying Crazy" and "Amazing" were all the same song, very yes. much the same song. I remember when Nine Lives came out um, because it was an interactive CD, and I think a guy at my dad's job like lent it to him because I I had a brand new Gateway Two Thousand uh, computer that could play like CD-ROM stuff, and so he gave it to my dad and was like have your son check this out. There's some cool interactive stuff on it. And so I literally like dicked around in the interactive stuff in this, in the nine live CD. But I don't know if I, 
I must have listened to it. I don't recall. What was the single from Nine Lives, Jenny? Do you remember? I, I'm pretty sure I Don't Want to Miss a Thing was on that, or was it not? Okay, so who who is doing the Wikipedia where they're changing the track listings as if it was vinyl? Nine Lives came out on CD. Relax. It's like don't Want to Miss a Thing isn't on this, which is weird. Mm. Nine Lives, Falling in Love is Hard on the Knees. That's the one. Oh, my God. Falling in Love is Hard on the Knees. Oh, my God. I forgot about that fucking song. Ooh, they have a song called Taste of India. I'm sure. I'm sure that's <laughs> perfect. P- perfect. Oh, Lord. Uh, oh, uh, somebody, uh, they got a song called Ain't That a Bitch. Mm. Yeah. Pink is on this. Pink yeah. is on this? Oh, Pink is on this. Yep. Yeah. What a music video. Oh, my Lord. Early right. CGI. Wow. Robert Christgau gave this an N. <laughs> Is that just for no? No thanks. No thanks. Wow. No. I really, I guess I'm misremembering a lot of like what I thought was on this because I thought Jaded was on this. Now Jaded's on Just Push Play, which has right. a robot lady uh, doing the uh, Marilyn Monroe. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, move well i guess the good thing is that i'm realizing i probably actually know as much about aerosmith as i do about any other band we've ever talked about on this podcast <laughs> so yeah. robert christgau gave just put push play scissors and joe perry said in 2010 i don't think we've made a decent album in years just push play is my least favorite when we recorded it, there was never a point where all five members were in the room at the same time, and Aerosmith's major strength is playing together. It's mm. a learning experience for me. It showed me how not to make an Aerosmith record. Wow. You got to get all the boys in Aerosmith together in the same room. Otherwise, yeah, if it you're gonna, just doesn't work. If, if you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. So, um, Even though yeah. historically, uh, Joe Perry and Steven Tyler hate each other. <laughs> They hate each other, but also they need each other, Matt. It's that push and pull. That yin and yang. Yeah, you've got to have it. But just think about it. Think about if you're Steven Tyler, okay? You're the lead singer of Aerosmith. Mm -hmm. You are, in some ways, considered like a golden rock god, okay? Mm -hmm. In some ways. You are. You're the front man. You know, you're doing all those moves. Dibbidi-bobbidi-bop. All yeah. that good stuff. Skibbity-bibbity. <laughs> Skibbity-bibbities. He's not David Lee Roth, but he does do... He does do some David they're cut, Lee... They're cut from the same cloth, I would say. They're cut from the Speaking same scarf. Of, I mean, cloth. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to conjure Stephen Tyler here. Yeah. It's like a fucking fabric store. I, I would say... I would say... And here's the thing. I love David Lee Roth a lot. But I would say... I don't think it's crazy to say it's, uh, Steven Tyler, I think, has more of like a vocal range. Steven Tyler can sing. Yes. David I Lee I Roth is a showman. He's a showman. But the thing about David Lee Roth, though, is that he's the lead singer on Panama, mm-hmm. which it doesn't even matter that he's like an okay singer. Mm-hmm. It, that's That song is still... Crusher. A 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10, whatever. Whatever the highest rating you can give a song. <laughs> Panama. I agree. Uh, we should have done 1984. Anyway. Mm. Um, should have been making jokes about it. No, for a long but time. like all yeah. Van Halen records, it's like two great songs followed by eight fucking slags. I um, 
I am Matt, not Matt? here for most of Van Halen's. Matt, what catalog. are you doing to us right now? Van Halen one to me is like Matt. Great. Jenny and I have spent a week listening to Honkin' on Bobo. Yeah. We are pained and hurt people. And now you're going to tell me that you think that most Van Halen records with David Lee Roth have filler? <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. When's the last time you listened to Women and Children First or Fair Warning? Women and Children First is the weakest of the Roth records, but Fair Warning's really good. <laughs> okay. I think... You guys are going to fight. <laughs> Jenny, you got my back on this, right? Yeah, but I'm not going to like get into a fist fight with Matt. He says that I, the Van I'm Halen... not going to kneel down behind Matt while you push him over my body. <laughs> <laughs> the least you could do before you leave the show is... <laughs> Matt, I cannot believe you're saying these things, though, for real. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll re-listen to 1984. And that that truly, I think, is a good record front to back. That's okay. a, hold on. I'm gonna I'm Van just, Halen one to me is like front to back. I can listen to it. Van Halen two um, has "Dance the Night Away," which makes up for a lot of the filler on that one. They never had enough time to craft. They always were touring and then making the next album. Like they never had enough time. I think to really crack the the nut on a on their catalog. All right, Matt. There's a lot of filler do you, guys. Do you know what song is on Van Halen 2? Bottoms up! <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Unbelievable. Wow, wow, wow. Unbelievable. Hold up. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going over to Fair Warning. 1981. Wasn't even born yet. Unchained. Mean Street. <laughs> okay. Well, I've been bested. Wow. Y'all yeah. want to hear about how I heard about it? Yeah, Matt. I do. Yeah, I my good friend do. Matt. Well, my friends. Yeah, who fucking told you about Aerosmith? <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Who told you about Aerosmith? <laughs> no one. Run DMC did. <laughs> uh, I, yes, Run DMC did. They were my first experience with Aerosmith. And then because that was such a hit, well, it took that was a hit. It kept them in my mind. And then Permanent Vacation had uh ragdoll which was ragdoll's tough but that was a radio pop radio staple dude looks like a lady (laughs) yeah another one i forgot about Uh, blessings to you that you forgot about (laughs) dude looks like a lady yeah you know (laughs) really culturally sensitive now especially um then then pump pump was like omnipresent that was like 1989, so I was like right at the end of elementary school, going into junior high. So it was on the bus. So like the cool kids love Janie's got a gun. Mm-hmm. Is loving an elevator on that album? Ooh, good question. Let's see. Loving an elevator yep. is yep. Mm-hmm. Janie's got a gun. The other side. Take me to the other side. Loving you has got to be. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't that know was, that one, Matt. I'm that sorry. That was a hit. That was a hit. I don't know that one. And then uh, Get a Grip. Get a Grip was big. And that was probably, that has Eat the Rich and Living on an, on the Edge and Crazy and Crying and Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was pretty much done with Aerosmith. Uh, full stop. Like They also fell out of the public 
consciousness, I would say. Like, they didn't have a huge world beater song after this. I mean, it's 1993. Nirvana has happened. Grunge is happening. They're still in the mix, but by the time Nine Lives comes around, I'm not hearing a lot of uh, falling in love is hard on the knees in my circles. Yeah, and then the, yeah, and then they get the Armageddon song. Yep. Which is just on the soundtrack, I guess. Just on the soundtrack. Yeah, you know, I'm remembering that I bought Nine Lives thinking, oh, and this could be revisionist history, but I'm pretty sure I bought Nine Lives because I assumed that song was going to be on it, and then it wasn't. And I was like, that's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to this cool Aerosmith record. <laughs> Love the song Pink. You know what it's about? Oh, I think I know. Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Hong Kong. And then, yeah, like everybody, Dream On and Sweet Emotion kind of comes in oh, yeah. movies like to remind you, like, hey, this was a song. You know, Sweet Emotion. I mean, I felt like... There was there was a time period where I feel like that song was getting played every hour on the hour by like the riff or somebody. Yeah. Like they just couldn't definitely Doug FM. Doug FM. Mm. My well, most hated FM. The baseline intro to Sweet Emotion is is one of my favorite intro baselines. It's just got that good groove and it's kind of like warm and it's like like and then, then it, the music actually starts, and I'm like, nah, this guy sucks. Mm. Mm. Wow. How did we all hear about honking on Bobo for the first time? Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny was... Uh, I never knew this album existed. How'd you hear about Jenny? I, I think it was when I was working at Record Time. 2004? No, it was a little after that that I worked at Record Time. Probably more like... 2005 2006 but i remember that it was uh with all the box sets because it was like the limited edition that had Mm. the little harmonica and i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) that's how i heard about honking on bobo i had a subscription to uh, rolling stone magazine during this time period and they were actively monitoring the creation of this album (laughs) they were like every day some reporter was forced to call Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, and be like, Man. give us a Bobo update. What's going on? How's, how's Honk? And, how's they, the honk? and they would say, I remember one of the updates was, uh, I think Steven Tyler said, yeah, man, these demos are coming out crazy. <laughs> so what we do is, though, we want to make sure that it really hits. So we burn it to a CD. Let me take it out to the car. Got to take it out to the car. Let me drive around. Listen to it in those car speakers. That's when you know. That's when you know you got a hit on your hands. Hey. This album, based on the Wikipedia here, was a hit. It was number five on the Billboard 200. It sold 160,000 copies. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. In its first week, and it was certified gold by May of 2004. Of course it was. Wow. More successful than anything I've ever done. <sighs> oh, not anymore. <laughs> we've we've surpassed that in downloads. There you go. All right. Okay. I mean, it's our whole body of work. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. We've done it. Eat shit, honking on Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Jenny, who's an Aerosmith? <laughs> I guess I'll tell you. It's mm. Steven Tyler on lead vocals, harmonica, aka Bobo, and uh, some piano. So get ready for that. Joe Perry on lead guitar and some backing vocals. 
and a little bit of lead vocals in here as well. Brad Whitford on rhythm and lead guitar, Tom Hamilton on bass guitar, and Joey Kramer on drums. Producer on this record. Producer on this record, we've got Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, Jack Douglas, and Marty Fredrickson. So Jack Douglas is a famed record producer. According to his Wikipedia, he is known for his work with John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Perhaps you've heard of them. Patti Smith, Cheap Trick, and the New York Dolls. And he produced three successful albums for Aerosmith. That's a direct quote. He also produced uh, my favorite Local H album, Here Comes the Zoo. Wow. Yeah. So my man's got magic fingies. Oh, he also produced Slash's Snake Pit. There you go. There it is. There it is. Yeah. This album. uh, We got some genre tags, Jenny. We do. Hard rock and blues rock. This album was recorded in three places, Matt. The Boneyard. Of course. The Briar Patch. Oh, <laughs> Pandora's Box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classic recording Of locations. course. Of course. Uh, yeah. A little background. The band wanted their first post-Guffin Records release to be a blues album. Then, said Steven Tyler, we caught wind that Clapton was doing it. And we went, Fuck! Classic reaction to Clapton doing uh, anything. We did such incredible research for this album. We also thought about our roots, and so wait a fucking minute. We did so much research. They for did the- research, man. They were researching. They had gone to the library. They had little readers on. Mm-hmm. They watched the movie Crossroads yep. with Ralph Macchio. And that's right. That's right, Matt. That's right. And they were like, they were all ready, and then they heard. They got the call. Clock. Put the put put everything down. Why? Clapton's Old doing it. E-Rock Clapton. Yeah. Let me tell you. Growing up, you hear about Eric Clapton. And then every time you hear one of his songs, it's the most boring shit ever. Yeah. And I was like, I thought this guy rocked. Why do you call him a rock star? And they're like, and they're like, no, no, no. And then you, and you hear something else. Like, no, no, no. Play me something where this man rocks. Haven't heard it yet. Haven't heard it yet. And now with all of his other shit. Forget it. Eric Clapton was in Cream, right? He was in Cream, Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah. Um, I mean, so they're, Cream's good. Do they rock? I mean, I mean okay, I'm going to take that as a no. You should be able to just unequivocally say, yep, they rock, or no, they don't. I don't think Scorsese has much of a score without Derek and the Dominoes, though. But that's not rocking. <laughs> no. Look, Eric Clapton sucks. I don't think that like there's any argument. No, there. Like, yeah. on a personal level, mm-hmm. musically. Yeah, he's just. He's successful, but everyone's wrong. There you so. go. <laughs> um, anyway, they eventually got over the fact that Clapton did it first. And they recorded this uh, in Joe Perry's ranch, which I guess has multiple names. But they only played. <laughs> this <laughs> only, is the best part. They only played when they were in a good mood. Right. So yeah. all the songs we're going to hear. So it took them three years to record. <laughs> I just love the idea, like everybody sitting down. Joe, how are you feeling? Great. What, what are the other guys? Steven. Names? Steven, how are you feeling? You know, I'm in a pretty good mood, baby. Okay, that's good, Steve. Brad, how are you feeling? I'll be honest with you, only okay. Pack it up, shut Back it down, down. <laughs> shut it down, meet again tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Tom and Joey are like, we feel all right. Mm, nope. No, Can we have a tickle party on it? Yeah, that's the only way. The quote from Perry was, we wanted to do something we haven't done before and that excites us. 
That's what makes us want to do another record. Otherwise, we'd say, okay, we've done everything we can do, so why bother even going in again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough stuff. The album title suggested by Steven Tyler. According to Wikipedia, he heard the phrase somewhere, possibly the song by Canadian country bluegrass band The Good Brothers, and amused the band with it. Perry stated during a radio interview, we just know it's a phrase that sounds jazzish, nasty-ish, so it works for us. These sickos. These guys <laughs> are nasty sickos. Nasty sicko John Varvatos. Little <laughs> creepo beepos. Just, what, you know what? Also, clearly, more money than God. We're just going to record when we're feeling good. Ugh. Hey, guys, can I, um, can I amuse you for a moment? I got the idea for an album title. Oh, you do? Honkin' um, Bobo. <laughs> Hold on, I'm Joe Perry. I'm going to go play a Lick and a Gap commercial and ruin Jenny's parents' marriage. <laughs> He's sickos. Uh, uh, let's see. What else we got in here? Uh, many tracks feature harmonica by Tyler, including Little Walter's Temperature. This was played on an episode of the House of Blues Radio Hour that was about the harmonica. Wow. Uh, they mentioned the harmonica keychain that was included with the limited edition version. Provisional artwork featured the covers harmonica stuffed into a model's dem and cutoffs. This was vetoed, said its proponent Tyler, because I'm in a band with four other guys. Now, okay. <laughs> There's a lot. Now, and what we're doing here, uh, seasoned listeners of the podcast will know we're avoiding listening to this <laughs> because it's not good. Um <laughs> But I would like to this this really gives like uh does it sniff the glove? Yes. Big Spinal sniff the glove vibes. Yeah. Smell the glove or smell the glove. Smell the glove. Smell the glove. Smell the glove. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's it. I knew sniff the glove didn't <laughs> seem quite right. Nah. Um but you get the idea. Yeah, we were very much supporting you. And then I was <laughs> yeah, like, wait a 100%. minute, I think it's smell no, the glove. No, yeah. I was like surprised. <laughs> anyway, like um so we do get to see be in the limited edition artwork. We get to see this, and I I imagine something like a lot more risque based on them being like we couldn't possibly do that. But I'm also like, what is the implication here? Like some like hot babe tucks her harmonica into like the front of her waistband, like. She can't walk. Is she using it as like a dild? Like, is she right. honking on Bobo? Is it? Uh, I mean, so the honking. She's trying to honk on Bobo with her. With like her, it's. Is like she it's is she playing the harmonica sex. with her south mouth? Like, what are we? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the idea. I think this is another situation of like the mere proximity to it, and the whole band is just like. Ooh-hoo-hoo! Yeah, like it's barely even tucked in there. It's oh my god. It's just that like junior high titillation. Like, ooh, it's so naughty. The thought that really went through my head though on seeing this and the fact that this is where they went though is that truly Steven Tyler's libido is at a level that we cannot comprehend because this guy has been probably involved in every possible sex act and sex option that's available. That's true. And he's still like, you want to see something crazy? <laughs> oh, and it's like, 
dude, like, how are you still going? So this is it. This that's is that's it, it, Matt. Yeah. Oh wow, that's how. I'm. I am the two ribald. Honestly, yeah. I was more stunned by all of the band photos where they're all wearing these ridiculous suits. None more ridiculous than Joey's blue suit, coupled with that facial expression. Uh, we taking this picture? I would say Brad's uh, yellow suit. Also a strange. It seems like he was just the odd man out. He's like, I got to pick a color that none of the other guys are wearing. That's true. Um, he was, yeah, he felt like that was the only color option left, but he's wrong. It's like uh, tangerine. Mm, yeah. I will say Joe Perry definitely has big Mr. Steal Your Girl vibes in this photo. He does. He has a fully popped, like, fuchsia collar shirt that's mostly unbuttoned, but then there's a loose tie more rings than more rings than anybody has business wearing. I do I do think it's important to mention that Tom and his tangerine is is definitely looking like uh Cody Brown of Sister Wives uh fame. So anybody watches Sister Wives I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's yeah. he's wearing <laughs> looks like some type of Oakley situation in a, in a striped shirt under this this tangerine yeah. suit now steven tyler yes is wearing a a black suit uh no shirt of uh, a beaded scarf underneath the suit coat he's wearing a white what kind of hat is this like a smooth criminal hat that's a fedora it's a fedora he looks like you're breathing in the mic, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren is really into this. Well, he's doing the Spider-Man pose here too. Yeah, he's doing the Spider-Man pose, but he's he looks like a a sens- like a, a a woman who's on like a retirement eat pray love type trip, and he just heard a song being played on like a classical acoustic guitar that reminded him of like a lover of his youth. He's got this like this look on his face. I just don't even I just can't. <laughs> I'm thinking about that movie that was on Netflix last year, The Lost Daughter, where the woman goes on the trip. That's the first thought that comes to my mind. Oh yeah, is, yeah. Is Steven Tyler's Steven Tyler's Lost Daughter. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah, it's just the whole vibe. He just we should mention that the the front cover liner notes are uh or the front cover of the CD is a Aerosmith branded harmonica with red lipstick on it. Honkin has no G, no G but an apostrophe. That's right, Matt, Jenny. The thank yous here, Stephen and Joe. Thank a ton of people. The rest of the band are like, yeah. Thanks to our fans around the world. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Brad thanks Zach Graham Harrison, period. Brad was like, don't fucking bother me. Don't bother me. I only played these songs when I was feeling good, and I don't write liner notes, period. Um, Steven, and I've got weird fucking eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Steven, uh, the most notable parts of his thank yous, he thanks Joe Felisco, who makes the honking sweeter. He gives us, and then he says to Rick, I hope your ears bleed. Okay. And uh, we should go back to these reviews. This album has a Metacritic score 
I'm 69 out of 100. The nice. perfect score. Perfect nice. score. Nice. Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Steve Erlewine of All Music said the album is the best the band has done since Pump. And then it cannot be called a blues album because it is a rock album. Called the album a surprise. <laughs> in that even though the album's artwork and title are bad, it marks a return to Aerosmith. Uh, in uh, his review in Blender, John Perales said that the band did their blues album different from most others because instead of making respectable cover versions, they made quite unrespectable cover <laughs> versions. That would be the opposition to a respectable cover. Yeah. Uh, the album to him proves that Scarrow Smith can still rock. Chris Willman of Entertainment Weekly felt that the album didn't live up to what it should be because it is too loud, but some of the songs on the album are good. This comes up a lot. There are a lot of people who reviewed this album who apparently were longtime Aerosmith listeners who complained that this album is too loud. I found another article that someone sent to me. I told them that we were doing this album and they were like, oh, have you seen this? And it was this guy breaking down the album and his main complaint was, it's too loud. Apparently for longtime Aerosmith listeners, who I guess we're getting on in the years, they heard this album. They were like, whoa, turn it down. Turn it down, everybody. So loud. Honking. All right. Hurting my ears. All right. I think we've honks. we've spent about 40 minutes dodging the inevitable. Has it really been 40? Yes. Yeah, wow. it's been 40 All minutes. All right, Matt. You know what we... Did we mention that this is an album of covers mostly? Mostly covers, one original. One original. So like any good bar band. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. The first track on Honking on Bobo is Roadrunner, which is a Bo Diddley cover. Jenny and I listened to it three times, man. I cannot believe yeah. you did. Once is I did barely, barely too much. It is. This is why Bobo left my house. Yeah. Probably just somewhere going a little <laughs> a sad little honk. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, Good Lord, that's bad. White guy blues. White man. guy blues. Tough stuff. Mm. Tough stuff. Read you some lyrics. I'm a roadrunner, honey, and you can't keep up with me. I'm a roadrunner lover, and you can't keep up with me. All right. You got a green light, baby. Maybe, baby. You will see. Let's see. So this is actually Bo Diddley. Oh, I like this much more. Way more. I like this way better. Yeah. Does anyone know what mood he was in when he recorded this song? Oh, yeah, this is way more charming. Oh, 
Yeah, it's mm, just wow. I mean, who'd have thought that Aerosmith doing blues songs would suck? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have seen this coming. They went to their roots. They were in a good mood. <laughs> I mean, uh, we talked to the scientists. We did. They were they they gave the green light. They were like, everything That's seems right. all right. Who knew? What? Yeah. Who could have seen it coming? Nobody could have seen it coming. Um, what's the next song? <laughs> it's a uh, shame, 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 which is a Smiley Lewis cover. All right, all right, all right. So this is literally like one of my least favorite types of music, mm. which is I really didn't even know it was a thing, which is basically it's like the ne- the one remove from the back to basics record, which is what everybody always hopes their favorite band will do. Right. I hope you make a back to basics record. I hope you guys just get in, get in a room together, plug in some amps and rock out. Mm-hmm. Aerosmith like got there and then they were like, we're going to go one more. We're going to go and do a bunch of covers, but also we're going to try to sound like a bar band. Right. But we will have all of the capabilities of millionaires and it will sound terrible. <laughs> and I, uh, I really do actively dislike this. It, it, uh, it sounds like um, it sounds like it should be in a saloon at a well, I was not a saloon, but not a real saloon, like a saloon at like Cedar Point. Like a well, saloon. this is when uh, this is the other bar. This is the other bar band that plays at the Double Deuce in Roadhouse. Like, yeah, this is the <laughs> other one. The other one. We don't see those guys. We don't see those okay, guys. All right, but you know, like, there's got to be another band. Yeah, there has to be another band. Right. So this is like Monday through Thursday. Gotcha. Tough shift. Tough shift. Bar, uh, but what you just said is exactly it. I know very little about the blues. My dad was a big fan. He played a lot for me when I was a kid. Every time I hear blues that I like, it's from a person who's expressing a feeling that really can't be duplicated. You know, because it's coming from a very specific point of view. And it's like, I got to get my message out, and this is how I'm doing it. It is really saying something that Aerosmith decided to make a blues record only when they were feeling good. Right. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like, wait a minute. This, yeah, this shit drives me crazy. Because this is exactly like, hey, man, if you, hey, man. If, hey, man. If you're making money on the weekend in a bar play- band playing this and the people like it, more power to you. I'm just not going to be at that bar. Like, this is this is a bummer to me. <laughs> this is like a real bummer to me. I would say, I would give you, I'd raise you bummer. This is a bummer-roo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I, and I th- it's just, 
I don't believe it at all. It's supposed to sound shitty. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. not that. Uh, maybe that's not the right way to say. No, it. no. It's it. It should uh, sound rough and tumble. It should sound gritty, and it's coming yeah. from the earth, and it's coming from the people, and the time, and the place. Like modern blues, I don't know. It is just when it sounds like this, I'm just like, that's not it, Chief. Like these are. This is my dad clapping his hand and lifting his knee and saying good time rock and roll music. But it's like, is it? This is very vanilla. Yeah. This is, this is a scoop of vanilla soft serve. Or as Steven Tyler would say, scoopity doop. Scoopity doop. Beepity bop. Beepity bop bop. Beepity bop. Boopity doop. Up next is Eyesight to the Blind, a Sonny Boy Williamson cover. Are we getting? Oh, sorry. I turned it down. Just <laughs> you know what? Wait, that makes sense. I get Matt. it. We get it. Matt. I get it. I took this one two at a time, two tracks at a time. <laughs> so. I have to hear Sonny Boy Williamson sing this because I've never heard it. You were talking about your woman. Instantly, I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy fucking means that. Well, he's talking about a lady that's so hot that people's eyes are healed. To see how hot she is. That's a great blues conceit. Mm-hmm. Oh, how about this? Deaf people can hear. The dumb begin to talk. Wow. Yeah. This you know lady. who else has fucking covered this song? Who? Who? Guess. Eric Clapton. Fucking hell. Well, he did. And then they were like, oh, table this one for a decade. <laughs> now, we have our opinions about Honkin' and Bobo. Mm-hmm. I would be remiss if I didn't mention my website, songmeanings.com. Not a lot of people hanging out in Mm -mm. the Bobo sphere, Mm -mm. but those who are, are definitely here. Guitar Groupie said, this is on August 4th, 2005, uh, I agree with Sweet Emotion that Honkin' was a great album for Aerosmith. This is referencing the previous comment that says, I love Honkin' on Bobo, great album for Aerosmith. I continue here, but only for diehard Aerosmith fans, really. A lot of people who just like Aerosmith's newer stuff, 1988 and on, don't like this album because they don't understand that this is where Aerosmith started. Personally, I love this album because of that, because they're finally going back to their roots. A lot of the songs, mostly blues covers, have a real rockability quality about them that I just adore. Now, the meaning of this song is pretty obvious. He's got his girl, she's the only one for him, and he's basically daring anyone to say that they've got someone better. 
She's perfect in his eyes and can do no wrong. If I'm not mistaken, this, like a few others on the album, is a Mississippi Fred McDowell cover. Hey, there's nothing wrong with doing a cover album when you do it right. And Honkin' was definitely done right. (laughs) Smiley face. Sorry if I kind of sound like a know-it-all, but if I could major in Aerosmith in college... I'd be getting much better grades. Wow. Winking smiley face. Now you're telling me this is one of my contemporaries because I was in college in 2005. (laughs) I believe it. Yeah. But. uh. Could you imagine saying, listen, I got to get up early. My Aerosmith class is at eight in in the. uh, in the in the main hall, Aerosmith in the modern world, uh, yeah, contemporary I, Aerosmith. I took a, a class about the Beatles and their impact on on culture, on American culture. Interesting. Oh, I, I mean, that makes sense. That was a great class. I mean, I'm just trying to imagine walking in, being like, "Today in Aerosmith class, we're talking about Pump," and then you just have the two cars fucking up on the wall, and you're <laughs> right. like, "Okay." So here's a quick question. Mm-hmm. Do we think that if this was their first record, it would be better? Like mm-hmm. in the 70s, if Aerosmith did a blues cover record. Oh, well, like in the same way that like early Stones stuff and early Beatles stuff is lots of covers mixed in with originals. Yeah. And this was recorded in like the 1970s right. lo-fi mono vibe or 1960s. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say no. Okay, I'm going to say no, because the other thing is that when I think about the songs that made Aerosmith, Aerosmith, they don't sound anything like this. No. Sweet Emotion doesn't sound like this. No. Back in the Saddle again doesn't sound like this. No. That's not what. No. That's not what. I don't think, and maybe it's my lack of knowledge of the whole of Aerosmith's catalog. But like 12-bar blues and, you know, standard rock covers isn't really what I think of with this band. All I know is um, this sucks and I'm not happy and I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to record today. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I got you, Matt. All right, we'll keep going. We'll mm-hmm. keep going mm-hmm. before our friendship. Just this is the one that ends it. Um, up next, we got Baby Please Don't Go. like a skull screaming on its way to hell. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this. The only band I could see doing this and doing this with some success is ZZ Top. Sure. This is like ZZ Top's whole vibe. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. this is ZZ yeah. Top does this record. When Aerosmith does it, I'm like, what are you, what are you guys doing? Because ZZ Top could conceivably have the blues. 
Yes. yes. No one in Aerosmith can have the blues. No. And I, I'm not to say they're human beings. I'm, I'm sure they feel right. a full spectrum right. of emotions, but yeah. not in the way. No. Mm, you no. gotta. You, you know, right? It's just like you—you you said you only recorded these songs when you were feeling good. <laughs> right. we, we're recording this blues album, <laughs> but only when we're feeling good. Only when right good. at like the Smoky Bone Pit right. or whatever. <laughs> this this one in particular was the tough. Boneyard. The Boneyard, excuse me. The Devil's Ashtray. The, do- the Boneyard, the Briar Patch, and Pandora's Box. Right, right, right. Excuse me, please. Um, I didn't want to scroll up to look Six at that again. Handshake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a them cover, which is tough because I like them, which is Van Morrison's like first band. I like it's all over baby blue is like one of my favorite songs. It's it's so Mm -hmm. good. Um, learning more about you. Yeah. So I, so I guess like I do have it in my heart to like music like this. Mm -hmm. It's just that this version again a shock to all mm. when Aerosmith does it. It's just like it's unbearable. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. This yep. was these were incredibly hard listens. I would try to be, do things like if I just sat and listened to this. No, absolutely not. Had to had to do something. Had to busy my hands. Had to busy my mind. I made Ronan's lunch and had this half thought. Why don't I make him two lunches? You know, like what yeah. else can I do? How many here? lunches can I make? How many lunches can a guy make? Um, this was the only single from the album. It had a music video. This music video was very strange. It seemed like there were three concepts presented. They said we're going to do all three. And so you have first someone putting a quarter into a jukebox. So that this album will play. And you really see the mechanics of this Wurlitzer jukebox. Yeah. Which I was like, I don't I don't need to see like the arm going and grabbing the CD and oh. pulling it out and, and then putting it like That feels like a very much like old guy like boomer thing. Like they love that shit. Like yeah, it's a CD player. <laughs> oh, they love it. They love that. That's the thing. I remember somebody saying once. So, so I was at a I was at a bar and they had changed to like a digital jukebox, and he was like, "This ain't how it's supposed to be." This I ain't like, how this works. What do you mean? It does the same thing. What do you What do you need? You need to see the pick up the CD, put it down. Like you don't need. I need that. to see the forty five flip. Oh, like in the Happy Days. Yeah. <laughs> happy Days opening meant a lot to me. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. So, but yeah. this whole album is fucking boomer shit. Like yeah. Oh yeah. This is, I mean, I'm old, but like, this is not my, this is my dad going, yeah, again, good time rock and roll. And you'll never guess who else, who else covered this. Uh, EC 500. Well, <laughs> yes. And also Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Well, I'm sure that one's good. It, or know. at least something that you're yeah. like, of course. Mm-hmm. So after the CD is picked up by the mechanical arm and we learn the entire logistics of being inside a jukebox, which no one actually ever is, but then it cuts to a bunch of people who look like they've never, they would never listen to Aerosmith in a million years, all just dancing their asses off to this song. At a dive bar somewhere. Yeah. Like they're just having the best time, but I don't buy it. And then we have live footage of the band performing this song and... I gotta say, credit where it's due, they are 
they are 100% into it. At least Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. Joe Perry is like playing, like he's playing this hard. Yeah, he probably wishes that they wrote good songs. <laughs> All I can do is a little lick in the gap commercial. I remember that because that was like the same period of time that they were also doing like the Daft Punk mm-hmm. dancing with Juliet Lewis, yeah, and the Just Can't Get Enough commercials. Like those were all like within the same one to two year time frame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's funny that the that they were like Daft Punk, Cutting Edge, and also Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yeah. Now speaking of people who have seen this song performed live, once again over on my website, songmeetings.com, Nicole loves RHCP. Uh, I already mentioned that band. So this is all in the same universe. It's all. Mm-hmm. It all it's makes all in sense. the same section of the store here. Uh, all caps. I fucking love this song. No one seems to understand. Da, 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 da. I saw them last night and they freaking did this song and I was so excited. Da, 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 da. I loved it so much. Aerosmith are the fucking best band ever. They were back then. And they're still rocking some hardcore ass today. Ha ha. I love them. And the meaning of this song is self-explanatory. He doesn't want his baby to leave down to New Orleans because he loves her so. So baby, please don't go. <laughs> Top 10 unhinged Got song it. meanings. Oh, comment, wow. Uh, imagine being the person next to them at the Aerosmith show. You're only there because you know the singles from the radio and just wanted to have a nice night out. This person's losing their shit to the blues cover. What's going on with this person? Yeah, well, there were some people in the comments that didn't know that this was a cover, and then a very frustrated person who said, this is not an Aerosmith song. So, IDK, it's tough. It's tough out there. It's tough. Here we go. Uh, Up next, we've got Never Loved a Girl, an Aretha Franklin cover. No. No, No, Matt? No? No. No? No. 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 Uh, What did I write for notes for this one? Because I really, I just wrote down some of these lyrics, and I wrote that this is my least favorite music. And you've heard Never Loved a Man, right? Um, Wait, hold on. Is this a gender-flipped cover? (laughs) Yes, this is a (laughs) gender-flipped cover. This is Man, I Feel Like a Man. Man, I Feel Like a Man? (laughs) Oh, my fucking God. Of course they, Man, I Feel Like a Man did. Oh, God. All right. This is... uh... (laughs) I'm so mad right now. Get ready. So this was recorded in Muscle Shoals. Aretha Franklin was there for like a day. Dare. Can right? you believe that they met up and said, We're covering this song? Right? And no big deal. And no one said, Steven. Steven. Go to your room in the bone pit. <laughs> you go. You go in the, the, whatever the bottom bone of the body is. <laughs> What's your lowest bone? Go there. <laughs> You're in trouble. That's why I said no a million times. No. 
No, this is like no. you don't cover this. You don't cover Sam Cooke. You don't fucking cover this stuff. It's it's hollow ground. Like leave it be. You don't got it. You know what? Credit where it's due. We talk a lot about there's nothing more new metal than a cover, but also new metal people know what to cover. All right. right? Yeah. Right? They go to the 80s. For the that, most part. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you st- I know. Jenny is still really hurt <laughs> about the fact that Crazy Town covered New Noise. She's never going to let it go. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. Oh, that's uh, tough. Wow. That's tough. They, man, I feel like Amanda. He, man, I feel like Amanda. Like, and... if you're going to do the song, then do the fucking song. But, like, what's he worried about? What's he worried about? Do it. Honestly, all the shit he's done, right? Like he's never, like he's never come, come on. on, Steven, Steven Tyler. Steven. If Steven Tyler hasn't sucked a dick, come on. You're telling me, you're yeah. telling that me. this guy's never had rods in mouth. Get out! No fucking way. Yeah, Steven Tyler. You're telling me this dude hasn't had every kind of bone. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> woof, woof. woof. Going down to the boneyard. I mean, even if somebody just like fell asleep on top of him nude and didn't realize because they thought they were in just like a pile of sheets, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like a what, wee- are, all the, what a are all these scarves? Right, and there's a person in there, you know, and he's just a little bony guy as he it is. is. He is just a he's, couple eyes yeah. and a pile of scarves. He's so bony. There's that picture of him mm-hmm. where he's squatting in a suit with no shirt, but a suit coat on. And look at his feet. We need to post this picture. Mm. His feet in these boots. It, 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 what is his body? His body makes no yeah. sense. His feet to ankle yeah. is very odd. He doesn't look comfortable. But well, he does look comfortable. <laughs> that is, it is an uncomfortable pose. And, but he looks like he could hold it all day and all night. Mm. <sighs> All right, let's All keep right. going here. Please do. Uh, we've got Back Back Train, a Mississippi Fred McDowell cover. Away. Sounds like Bobo's being honked in a in a different room. D- well, <laughs> maybe he's in Pandora's box, and this other part was recorded in the boneyard. <laughs> and uh, and then Tracy Bonham shows up at one point to sing, and she must be over in the briar, the briar patch. patch. Yeah, there you go. Um, so when I first listened to this song, I was indeed making lunch for my son, and I was like. I was acclimating myself to the experience and was basically expecting to hear Steven Tyler singing. It's, right. it's his job in the band. 
when you when when you ask him what he was he doing in uh, Aerosmith, he sings. And then I hear this other person's voice. I was like, "Who's this person? Who they who they find to do this?" And honestly, I thought it was one of the other guys. I thought it was like Brad or Tom or Joe. And then I saw it was Joe Perry, and I was like, "What? Joe Perry? He he shouldn't be singing at all." Come to find out, he's made four albums after this where he sings on all of them. One of these albums is fifty-one minutes long of Joe Perry. Singing. Yeah. What? No, thank you. I can't imagine being that rich. (laughs) Now, there are people who thirst for these albums, and I'll tell you, they are on my website, Uh songmeetings.com. Guitar Groupie is back. She says, okay, I'm the biggest Joe Perry fan I know. I don't care if he's old enough to be my father. I am totally in love with him. His vocals on this song are so amazing. I was paralyzed when I heard it for the first time. Agree. This is Joe at his finest. Not only are the vocals outstanding, but the music, the backup vocals, everything about this song makes me fall in love with the album all over again. If only Joe stuck to the lower register on his solo album. Sigh. Sorry, I'm a pathetic little fangirl. As for the song's meaning, it sounds to me like he's alone trying to find his place in the world really just wants to go home. He sounds sad and lonely, but still extremely sexy. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh. Other people said it gave them chills. It's just so sexy. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow. 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 Um, I don't know how to feel about the fact that his vocal register on his solo albums is higher. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. In any event, this is uh, this is I. Is this the worst song? This felt like the worst song. No, I felt like "Never Loved a uh, Girl" was it, real it, bad. It's real bad, but at least it's Steven Tyler. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think Joe know, Perry's man. voice is that bad. Mm. Steven Tyler just like comes at you like a fucking Freight flaming train. eagle, just like ah! descends upon you and like. Joe Perry's like a little sleepy birdie. He is a sleepy birdie. That's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, either way, though, I don't like this song, and I never want to hear it again. That's totally, totally understandable. Thank you. All right. Up next, we've got "You Gotta Move," another Mississippi Fred McDowell cover. This is a song about when you're at the grocery store and you have just a couple items and you just need to get out of there. And there's somebody in front of you with a full fucking buggy. But I love that it, you gotta he, move. for the most part, just sounds like you say, you gotta move. You yeah. gotta move. You gotta move. You gotta move. Song for the cows. Mm, song. Mm. Cows need some songs. Yes, you know? they do. They only have like one, the Foo Fighters. Babus, huh? Yeah, that's it. Mm. They need another mm-hmm. one. I don't know if this is it. 
Then yeah, cow, the moon. cows might be like, nah, relax. We're I good. I think cows are probably already having a bit of an issue with Aerosmith based on the. Mm, that's true. The branding and the piercing. Yeah, too yeah, much. They're like, all right, okay. take it easy. Take it easy. Leave us alone. Leave us out of this. Don't bring us to Popo. Uh, we yeah, gotta move. We're, we're dealing with enough right now, okay? Right. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh, Anything else anybody wants to say about this song? Apparently, this was used for WWE SummerSlam in 2009. And, this? Uh, yeah. And somebody on song meetings <laughs> said, pretty jamming tune for the summer. <laughs> pretty jamming <laughs> tune. tune for the summer. Oh, God. Uh, uh, I, I, I am. Listen, WWE's choice in music is usually the type of stuff that I'd imagine your new metal dreams are made of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the type of songs that you want to like stomp a butthole to and throw somebody through some goddamn tables. But like you got to move. That's so benign. You got to move. If at you want to get the tables. <laughs> it's, that it's, is true. It's true, but it's the bare minimum. Yeah. It's the bare, that's what was going on in SummerSlam 2009. Just, you just got to move. And the Dudley boys need you to move. <laughs> just need you to move. There you go. Oh man. Now, we, uh, you know, we said mostly covers, one original. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time. It's time for the ridge. Uh, so here we go, baby. It's the grind. the best song on the album so far yeah i i was preparing myself to say this to the two of you face to face but i i think this is a good chorus i this 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 works this is classic this classic aerosmith this is what they do this i mean this is the same template as like crying and amazing and all that other stuff this they should do a whole album of of originals have they done that (laughs) they should consider (laughs) it have they thought about that but like and on this one, compared to all the other songs that are the covers, it's like, these are some pretty hard-to-cover songs that they're doing to begin with. The studio production is way too slick. Also, Matt, does it feel a little loud to you? <laughs> so fucking it's loud. It's too loud. It's too loud. Way too loud. Too loud. But, like, but, you know, I'm not too old, but mm, it is a little it might loud. Be a little loud. But, like, this is just... An okay Aerosmith song. It's not great. It's not bad. This would be the song that they would do on Letterman touring to support this record. And it's like, yep, there's Paul Schaefer playing keyboards with him. And you would be like, yep, this is exactly what I expect a elder statesman rock band to sound like on their 15th, <laughs> on their 15th yeah. record. 
Yeah, no, yeah. It's I mean, when this one come would come on, I just like, yeah, sure. Aerosmith doing what they do. This is what they should do. They should never do this. Yeah, they should never do this other stuff. Never do this other mm. stuff. No, 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 no. All right. Well, that was less painful than I anticipated. We're with you. Oh my god, We're I feel you. so seen. You're welcome. I feel mm. so seen. Well, it's time to keep going in that other stuff. <laughs> This one won't be too hard to cover. Uh, up next, we've got <laughs> I'm Ready by someone named Muddy Waters. <laughs> what? Of course. You move out of the way, Muddy Waters. I'm here now. I'm ready. skip his voice right yeah yeah man as it exists fine this is the song where he says i hope some schoolboy pick a fight and you know obviously didn't change the lyrics there but it was funny to imagine like 60 year old steven tyler <laughs> having like a fight, fight with like a 10 year old boy <laughs> you never know basically just saying like nice scarves and he's like what'd you fucking say what you, I'm let's go, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and then joe perry being like don't do it, Steven. And he's like, I've been, I've been itching for this. Let me just take this kid. I can I'm, take him. I'm, and Joe's like, I don't know, man. This kid's, this kid might fuck you up. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, he's ready as anybody can be. All right. I don't think we have anything else to say. There's zero comments and song meanings. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. All right. All right. Up next, we got Temperature, which is a little Walter cover. <laughs> There's Bobo. There it is. You know, this is a situation where I, if I'm going to play devil's advocate and say that Aerosmith is coming from a true and sincere place and their love of the blues, they should have just kept this to themselves and never released it. Like, record it, enjoy it, savor playing your favorite song, you know, but... Never put it out. I once did the song 99 Problems at karaoke once. Mm. And you know what? No one should ever see footage of that. I probably shouldn't even have done it. 
but honestly, but it was this <laughs> moment where I was like, I love this song and I love to do it at karaoke. Okay. But no, uh, yeah. Ultimately though, no one should see that. It was really just me expressing my fandom, and that's how I feel about this. It should have never been released. So um Lil Walter was my dad's favorite blues musician. Mm-hmm. Um Lil Walter, Chicago blues. Lil Walter had scars from being beaten by the police, got into multiple fights because uh, he had a temper and was an alcoholic. When he sings, it's like all of that comes out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> to hear Steven Tyler be like, don't worry, I've got it. look. <laughs> Sounds like he borrowed that weird uh, vocal speaker thing that uh, Scott Weiland used in the first Tuntable Pilots album. <laughs> Cracker Man or whatever. Uh, I mean, I do like these lyrics. I mean, this I mean, this woman is literally going to kill you with these temperatures. I mean, with every kiss, I mean, you're 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 in trouble, buddy. Oh, he also he died because of a bar fight. Little Walter did. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um, that dude is real. He probably recorded when he wasn't even in a good mood. No, I bet. I bet. <laughs> he had some demons in him mm-hmm. that we'll never know about. That's true. He didn't fucking talk about. Mm, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Jenny, did you see this comment? I'm sorry. <laughs> I did. Uh, would you like to read it? Sure. Uh, it's from uh, JSH Hundley, who said, No way. First comment, score. Anyway, I was searching for the Sean Paul version of this song to leave a bunch of crap on its site, and I found this. I'm sure this song is good, although the song Sean Paul song sucks some big ass. <laughs> yeah. Got him. And uh, did not expect it to go this way. Also, hot take on one of Sean Paul's best songs, Temperature. That's mm-hmm. a great Sean Paul song. I think somebody drunkenly, accidentally stumbled into the honking on Bobo yeah. comments there. Yeah, but tough. Uh, I mean, I mean that's Sean Paul Imperial era, man. Temperature, and um, what was the other one? There was another single on that same album cycle that was really good. And then of course, Get Busy, which is an all timer, mm-hmm. all timer, one of the greatest music videos of all time. Ah. Uh, Anyway. Well, if we're talking about Duddy Rock. Okay. They had uh, Shout, Give Me the Light, Give Me the Light. Give Me the Light's another one. Yeah. Mm. Jenny, how Get are you busy. Sean Paul? Get busy. Uh, I'm very uh, neutral. Neutral? Yeah. Matt, can you play a little Get Busy? Yeah, of course. Thank you. <laughs> Do you think it's going to change my mind? Yeah, I know what he does. <laughs> We're paying for the admission to yeah, see yeah. Lauren dance here. Oh, this song. Wow. They played this in college all the time, and everybody got hyped. Yeah. Yeah, Lauren was doing lots of little... He's little some bobs moves. and backs and forths mm. there. Yeah, it's good. It's a good song. Yeah. you know. Don't. And here's the thing. Love it. I'll never record a cover of it. Don't oh, worry. Oh, there we go. I was going to suggest that we. Oh, could we? Yeah. Oh, we'll do... are we all going to Adrian Brody it? <laughs> no, no. I would never do a fake patois. No, oh. never, never, never. Oh you've, boy. You've seen that, haven't you, Jenny? Um, no, I don't think so. Oh, it is the most uncomfortable 45 seconds worth of television you'll ever see in your life. Mm-hmm. For some reason, when Adrian Brody hosted Saturday Night Live, Sean Paul was a musical guest. And before Sean Paul's first performance, 
Adrian Brody was like, I'm going to dress Rasta. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I do remember this now. <laughs> and he puts on I had put it out of the my mind. worst patois you've ever heard. And he's like, feel de rid- <laughs> No, yeah. and he was—he's ba- been banned for. He's life? been banned for life because they had no idea he was going to do that. Oh my god, I didn't yeah. know that. Part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what a what a horrible decision! <laughs> a real mistake. What a like. Oh my god. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just tough. Just tough. tough. Everything. Tough. This is a tough app. This is a tough one. This is. This is this might be as tough as it's been in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah. is a real this is a real tough go. Well, tough. fortunately, we're we're getting to a a reasonable place here. Yeah. Um, oh, I have a question for you. How respectful of our time is this album? This album comes in at forty three minutes and fifty seven seconds. I'm actually surprised that it's relatively. Here's respectful. the thing. Here's the thing about this map. It doesn't feel like that. Oh, when you're listening to this yeah. album, this album might as well be an hour and a half. It's, it feels endless. Yeah, it feels like it will never stop. Every song is two minutes too long, <laughs> or yeah. or five minutes or three minutes, however long the song is. It's too long. Yeah, that's songs true. start and you're like, these should be done. Mm-hmm. This should be over with. <sighs> What do we got? All right. Up next, we got Stop Messing Around, a Fleetwood Mac cover. Everybody, we're chops in the front. Uh, welcome, you know. Hey, uh, yeah, this is good to go. We're chops in the front. We're gonna be your band tonight. Hope everybody's having a real good time. Congratulations, George and Lacey, on your wedding today. All right, let's have a good time tonight. What do you think? All right, yeah, it's a little Fleetwood Mac, but not what you like to hear. All right, let's go. Well, I almost hit the post there. Pretty good. I'm, yeah, I'm not bad, Matt. Um, so this is an early Fleetwood Mac. This is pre-Stevie, mm-hmm. pre-Lindsay. Mm. Jenny, what do you think would have been a funnier cover from the Lindsay-Stevie era for them to do? Mm. This is tough. Because I don't like to imagine all the things I'm imagining right now. <laughs> I think it'd be really funny if they did Silver Springs. And <laughs> yeah. I, I also think it would be funny if they did You Make Love and Fun. Which, uh, yeah, is not a Stevie or Lindsay song. Is a uh... What about the song Crystal? 
I don't know. I want to hear Aerosmith's Gold Dust Woman, you know? Oh, God. Uh, you know what? They might nail that one. They might nail that one. Well. We've arrived. We're on the last song. We've done We've it. We've arrived, Bobos. Uh, the last song on this record is Jesus is on the Main Line. Another Mississippi Fred McDowell cover. Album to be done. Congratulations. Wish has been granted. Wow. <laughs> oh, Jesus on the main line, you heard your prayers. Jesus was like, TBH, same. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So, uh, <laughs> it's like, I, 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 I know there I died for your sins not to listen to this album. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Um, that's the album that's honking on Bobo. Wow. By Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the part of the show. What is this part of the show? It's not canon talk. Is it honking or is it bonking? <laughs> there is it, it is. is. it, yeah, is it honking or is it Bobo? Oh. <laughs> oh. Jenny, we'll start with you. Is it honking or is it Bobo? Uh, I mean, it's Bobo. Mm-hmm. It's Bobo all the way. Right. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, not knowing where it is in my house feels like a threat now. <laughs> like it's just gonna show up somewhere. You know, yeah. when you're gonna get out of the shower tomorrow, oh, it's gonna be on the That was my sink. exact thought. It's gonna be standing right when I get out of the shower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might turn and look at yourself in the mirror as you put in your clothes and it'll be sticking out of your Oh my god! Oh, it's been sticking out of my jeans the whole time. Yeah. It's just so tiny, I didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. Entirely possible. I shan't listen again. Mm. Lauren, Honkin or Bobo? This is a Bobo. This is a Bobo for sure. And um, I just want to say that taking this bit to this truly bitter end. What a journey! Mm. <laughs> what a journey! Mm-hmm. What a journey! Yeah, I, was this the worst album you've done for the show? I mean, it's definitely top five. Easily, easily might okay. be the worst. Yeah, might I, be the worst. It might be. Yeah, I'd say you would rather listen to the Bloodhound Gang again than Honkin' on Bobo. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? The Bad Touch. You know what? The songs by the Bloodhound Gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's what they should be doing. You know what I mean? Like, I that get makes that. makes sense for them. This isn't what Aerosmith should be doing. No. Oh, wow. They shouldn't yeah. do that. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not going to listen to either ever again. Ever again. So, right. uh, you know, this is a pure hypothetical. But I would okay. say. Okay. Honkin' on Bobo or Tura Satana? <laughs> oh, shit. 
Mm. <laughs> that Teresa Satana record's bad. <laughs> it's not uh, worse than Honkin' on Bobo. Yeah. It's, yeah. No. Yeah. All right. And the last one for Jenny is um, Honkin' on Bobo or the CD we broke. Oh, oh Methods, Methods of Mayhem. mayhem. Methods Honkin' on Bobo is way worse. Wow. Honkin' on Bobo is way worse. Methods of Mayhem, those are the songs that they should be doing. True. Very true. It's like, this is the most unearned piece of shit record. Yep. Like, no, you say like, this is where we got, like, this is where we started. Like, no, it's not. No, 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 no. It's not where you started. You might love this music. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's not where you started. And if you really listened to this music <laughs> you would understand that it is not for you to be like we're gonna record this when we're having a good time put what? a put a fucking <laughs> harmonica in your pussy like what? <laughs> plus they man i feel like a mandate i mean yeah. that that uh was infuriating I guess I'll go. Yeah. I oh, go? yeah. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very Bobo. 100% yeah, Bobo. 100% this is, Bobo. There, there's no honking on this. This is mm. full Bobo. Mm. Mm-hmm. It is very, I think you, you, what you just said is it. Like, there's a difference between this was the first music I heard and I connected to, be, and I had the experience experiences that led me to record that song. You know, like when Sonny Boy Williamson or Little Walter or Lightning Slim or whomever the blues artist was, they had everything that they brought to it and that people can connect to it no matter what, you know, life they had. Because I don't know Aerosmith's backstory. I don't know where they grew up. I don't know their... Boston. Okay. So, you know, I don't know what they're... Massachusetts. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Well, now I exactly know what their life was like. United States. Excellent. Okay, perfect. But like, I don't know what their experiences were either. But when I listen to a song like Dream On, I see into them. I see who they are as a band. Moreover than their later material, which just kind of seemed like, this is fun rock and roll. This is completely unnecessary. But it has me thinking about the White Stripes. Like, how did the White Stripes get away with it? And I'm like, is it because they didn't, try to be polished i think that's part of it i think i think the rough shod sound of it is part of it jenny you're not a white stripes no how they get away with it (laughs) (laughs) jenny's like and no pass here yeah Um, but i would say like on mass more people enjoy that than enjoy this i don't know no i i totally understand what you mean and i do think it is like what we were saying it's like the, the grittiness the whole like we're from detroit in a garage like mm-hmm. it's it's that borrowed uh, authenticity yeah, yeah. And, and whatever i mean i know people love the white stripes and especially like around here but but he also hated the white stripes like being in a record store when they were launching there was a lot of like fuck those guys yeah which i think will happen anytime somebody right. in your area becomes successful you're like why not me right but this fucking idiot 
I saw that dude puke into someone's butt at a house party. Like, can't exactly. Believe. Why do you get to be rich now? Um, but yeah, I think that I think that is what it is. It is just like they don't try to make it sound polished and like yeah. There is there's so much polish on this. There, how many overdubs? It's um, too loud. I've heard. It's much too loud. It's any any audible volume of this record is much honestly too loud. the fact that you can hear it. Big problem. Yeah. Big huge problem. huge problem that big I can act it's actually intelligible. Yeah. So that's it. That's <laughs> it for honking on Bobo. Forever and ever. That's right. And um that's the end of another episode of Roach Coach. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello to us online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're Roach Coach and all of those. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren. Thank you. Matt. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. There was a time when I was so broken hearted. Love wasn't much of a friend of mine.